Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Wright, and this is Dental Sound Bites, an ADA podcast where dentists share solutions to challenges in life and work. From the American Dental Association, this is Dental Sound Bites, created for dentists by dentists. Ready? Let's dive right into real talk on dentistry's daily wins and sticky situations. Welcome to an all-new season of Dental Soundbites. Before we dive into our topic today, I have an important message from Dr. Hanlon. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. MJ Hanlon here. It has been an unbelievable great pleasure and honor for me to share my knowledge and insights with you during season one of ADA's Dental Soundbites. Unfortunately, I am concluding my time as your host. While I'm excited to explore new opportunities, I will miss you so much, Dr. Wright, and our incredible community of dentists. Thank you to all the listeners for your support, engagement, and feedback throughout our time together. I do appreciate the opportunity more than you know. As you continue to provide excellent dental care to your patients, please remember to take care of yourselves. I wish you all the very best in the future. I'm really pleased to pass the co-host baton to your new season two co-host. Well, Dr. Hanlon, we are missing you here at Dental Soundbites. We thank you so much for all of the wisdom and the time that you shared with us. We want to welcome our new co-host, Dr. Effie Ioannidou. Thank you, Dr. Wright. This is really exciting to be part of the Dental Soundbites. I'm Effie Ioannidou, and I'm a professor at the University of Connecticut. I'm a periodontist. I'm a clinician scientist, and I'm super excited to be part of this podcast. So with this, let's jump right in. Yes, let's do it. Today, we're talking all things advocacy, and who better to do this with than the host of our sister ADA podcast, Tooth Talk. So please welcome Sarah Milligan and Peter Aiello. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you all so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you got involved in advocacy, and a little bit more about your podcast? As Dr. I said, I'm Peter Aiello. I'm one of the co-hosts of Tooth Talk. I'm also the senior manager of ADPAC and political affairs here at the ADA. I kind of got into advocacy through my background, which was uh, political campaigning. I did a lot of work in the field, so I did a lot of uh, voter targeting, making lists of who to go talk to and rallying the troops and getting them to go knock doors and make phone calls and get people elected to Congress and try to make sure that they get out there or send people to where Sarah used to work on the Hill. Yes, I'm Sarah Milligan. I'm the director of ADPAC and political affairs for the ADA. And I came a slightly different tract, but very D.C. When I graduated from college, I came to the Hill, wanted to work on the Hill. I was only going to do that for a year and then go to law school. Law school never happened. I have been in D.C. continuously, worked for a few members of the House of Representatives and a different trade association before eventually making it to the ADA. And this has been my entire career path has been Washington focused and, and sort of federally based. Peter and I work on the, the D.C. staff of the ADA. Even though we are based in Chicago, we keep people in D.C. that are really focused on the federal government and our federal initiatives. So Congress, the bureaus and agencies and the White House. Awesome. You said, Sarah, that law school never happened for you. And I have the same experience. So once upon a time, I thought I was going to be a lawyer and go that whole poli-sci route. And I kind of deviated and went into dentistry instead. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you had a a great deviation. (laughs) That was a better, a better... (laughs) 
slightly better movie. Ask. And not necessarily. <laughs> Both careers, I think, are interesting, right? Maybe that's why Dr. Wright is very active in advocacy. This is a full circle moment. We're going to get into a little bit about Lobby Day in just a moment, but I found myself at Lobby Day and I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoy doing dentistry and I didn't have to go to law school to go. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and we are excited yes. to talk to you about Lobby Day. Thanks for coming. Yes. Announcing the new... Wait, this calls for a drum roll. Perfect. Announcing the newly reimagined ADA member app. Designed for dentists by dentists. It puts ADA membership in the palm of your hands with features like a personalized news feed, member chat groups, personal document storage, even episode exclusives from Dental Soundbites, the new ADA podcast. Tap into all the possibilities by searching for ADA member app in your app store. Well, thank you so much to everybody who sent in questions for this episode on Instagram at the American Dental Association. I would love for you all to just tell us what Lobby Day is, what happens at this amazing event, how Lobby Day impacts the profession for all of our listeners out there who they may not know. I was one of those people who didn't know that this was a thing. Call me living under a rock. I mean, I don't know, but I just didn't know. And I'm glad that I went. Yes. Well, Lobby Day is a joint production between the ADA and also the American Student Dental Association. This past year, we had 700 dentists and students from all over the country, all 50 states. And we have two audiences during Lobby Day. The first one is the dentists and students that join us for Lobby Day. Our second audience is members of Congress and their staff on Capitol Hill. We need to make sure that our message is heard and that we're making an impact and that our dentists are prepared to present these issues and in a meaningful way that makes members interested and want to hear. And we don't expect every member of Congress to be with us on every issue. And we usually present issues where there's something that everyone can get behind. Over the few days that we have Lobby Day, We do a series of networking events because dentists and students love to network with each other. It's a very people-centric profession, as you may know. Um, And then we we also, we do a lot of training. We're going to make sure that you are ready to present these issues. And then on the last day, you go to the Hill, you meet with your members of Congress, with your, you know, fellow colleagues from your state, and then you do some follow-up. And we hope, you know, that you'll continue that throughout the year and then that we see you next year. That's great. It's definitely our best opportunity to show unity. And as we like to say, speak with one voice united on the Hill, bringing in that many people, we can almost hit every office. And two, it's, we're one of the bigger fly-ins and people know when we're, when the dentists are coming, like you guys, you see the little tooth Mm -hmm. flags everywhere and the members of Congress always like, oh yeah, the dentists are here. Mm -hmm. So it's great to to see that. And they, they know they're paying attention. Yeah. I wanted to kind of share a little bit about my experience at Lobby Day. And like I said earlier, like I thought that at one point in my career or in my life that I wanted to go to law school and do the whole you know, lawyer route, maybe eventually politics. And then I was just like, okay, no, this is not going to work for me. So I'm on New Dentist Committee. And one of my colleagues there is the one who kind of really, really encouraged all of us to kind of put our hands up and go to lobby day. And I was just like, man, I was a little bit intimidated because 
the whole politics thing, I, I feel like I'm not like as well versed as some of our colleagues. And so I said, well, there's there's only one way for me to learn. And so I said, yes, I was going to go. And when I went, it was very eye opening, very insightful and very enlightening about all the work that's happening in the background that, you know, we say advocacy is like a reason why we get involved with the ADA and we're members and things like that. But being at Lobby Day kind of helps me see exactly what you all are doing and what it does mean to truly advocate for the profession. So it was very, very informative for me and I can definitely see myself attending again. I felt really well briefed on stuff. I loved sitting in the training and all of that, but how was it for you all to get us prepared? (laughs) Getting you guys prepared is a joy. That's the easy part. Once we get our issues and once our regulatory policy and our lobbyists get the uh, talking points together, uh, mm. putting the trainings together is great. It, That's the it, easy part. The rest of the logistics, I need a very large swear jar for. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's how we fund the, 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 the brunch after lobby day for the staff. But we have a very talented staff and I can't thank them all enough about how they work on this, this particular event. And also you all come ready to go. Peter, I have done lobby day, mm-hmm. not with the ADA, but with the ADOCR, the American Association for Dental, Oral, and Craniofacial Research. And mm-hmm. it, certainly we are not 700 people going around. We are very, very few. So it's really the logistics kind of easy to handle, I guess. But when you have such a huge crowd, like in terms of practicality, to make all these appointments and set up people in the right district with the right representative and... It's just a nightmare. It's, it must be super hard. Kudos to you guys. This is amazing. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You make it easy. You really do. The dentists make it really easy. I spend a lot of time with members of Congress and their staff. And if someone is listening and they leave with nothing but what I am about to say, I would be very happy with this time investment. Members of Congress and their staff want to meet you. You are healthcare providers, your owners, your employers, you are really active in your community. The dentists I know, they're involved in a thousand other community activities. They're really pillars of their communities. And these members of Congress, you all are the people that they are dying to know within the community. And you're really leaders and they want to hear what's important to you because they know that you're advocating as well on behalf of your patients. I was going to just hit on that last point you said, Sarah. It's your gut a constituency that represents another constituency. So you're, you're a dentist, but you also represent your patients. And that's huge So because everybody has teeth, so <laughs> everybody needs a dentist. Let's get down to the basics. What advocacy is? What does it do? And how is it changing the profession? I can take the first part of the basics of what it is. There's a Margaret Mead quote out there that's, I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically saying like, never doubt that a small group of dedicated citizens could change the world because it's the only thing that ever has. That is kind of what advocacy is in this 30,000 foot level. It's this idea that you can go in there and you can petition your government to do what you want it to do. And it is really important when you get a group of citizens together to do stuff like that and to kind of talk about, you know, there are multiple ways of doing advocacy, but the importance of it is like your members of Congress are not going to know all the little things, especially in dentistry, that will affect your practice and the patients and the profession. So it's really important that members of the association go to their members of Congress and explain how laws that they pass 
affect them. So the idea of what does it do, Sarah worked on the Hill. So when you get all these people, Sarah, calling into the members of Congress, what does it do? Well, that is a great question. You know, Hill offices track every phone call that they get, every email that they get from their constituents. So there's roughly between 750 and 800,000 people in any of the 435 congressional districts. And those House members or senators who represent states, the most important people to them are their actual constituents. So whatever is important to those constituents is what those people are advocating for. So, you know, personally, you might advocate for social issues. You might advocate for lower taxes generally. When Peter and I are talking about advocacy or we're talking about it through the ADA lens, we are only talking about dentistry. We're not talking about issues outside of the profession, the practice, the patients. We are only talking about some very specific issues that affect the profession, which then also includes, you know, you're advocating for your patients and you're advocating for yourself as well. And changing the profession, I believe there's Dr. Oyster down in North Carolina has said it a million times in a great way. It's like, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. <laughs> so you have to be involved in order to make sure that your voice is heard. The only thing that's going to make change is people standing up and actually being involved. Yeah. Nowadays, do you find that more younger or newly practicing dentists are involved in advocacy or you find that it doesn't really show any difference in demographics? In other words, which group is more active and more motivated to advocate for the profession? I do not find there to be one age group that's more involved than the others. I mean, I think every age group has you know, certainly a different perspective. A, an experienced practitioner is maybe looking towards the end of his or her career mm-hmm. and some issues that might affect them. Whereas a student is looking at things like sure. student debt. How am I going to buy a practice? Mm-hmm. How, how am I going to employ people? Is there enough workforce to employ to keep my doors open? What I will say, and I have worked at different trade associations, the dentists at, at all demographics are extremely supportive of each other. The experienced practitioners are really supportive of the students. The students are really supportive of the experienced practitioners. And I think that some that are maybe ending retirement maybe have a little bit more time on their hands, but I don't think any less urgency than a dental student who is very busy, is trying to figure out their next few years. You know, they they speak at the same volume. And Peter, you tell me, but I think we say the same fire and urgency and love for the profession and the practice and from all demographics. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that it's the only thing different you see between your new dentist, your dental students, your middle of their career dentists and people that are phasing out is just the issue that's most important to them. Mm -hmm. Kind of moves a little bit. Definitely with the, the dental students, it's all about their student loans. It's all about how do I get into this profession and what is the government going to do to either hinder or help that? Very true. And, you know, when I was there in early March, I saw a variety of age groups and demographics there, too. So to your point, Sarah, I I, I was actually surprised by the amount of dental students that were there because when I was in dental school, I had never attended. And looking back, it's something that I wish that I had done just so that I would be a little further ahead in just my knowledge of the issues. But there was like a great like prep session. So we had a good time being able to kind of go through the issues that we were going to be advocating for. 
power, both collectively and individually in districts. It was really, really good to be there. What do you think are the key issues? You brought up the debt and the financial issues that students or young dentists face. But in addition to this, any comment on the other important issues that dentists are interested in? Student loan is a big one. Insurance reform is a huge one. There's Medicaid, Medicaid, regulatory reform. These are all ways in which the regulations and government kind of get involved in what the what you can do in your practice. Those are some of like the, the high level issues. We have the bills that we touched on in lobby day and they're really important. But the key issues are that and then workforce. Also, medical loss ratio has come up mm-hmm. real quick. Out of nowhere. Thank you, Massachusetts. We also have a lot of tax-based issues. I mean, a lot of our dentist offices are small businesses. And of course, you know, we have a lot of complicated arguments revolving around tax structure. A lot of federal programs, prevention programs, are are funded through the federal government. So there's advocacy that takes place um, securing those funds every year. I'll say also, you know, there's some things that like we never think of. There's sometimes been issues with credit card swipe fees. So it really, really runs the gamut to things that you would go to naturally and then other things that are sort of unintended consequences of other legislation that affects us that no one really ever thought that it would be an unintended consequence. So it's sort of keeping an eye on all of those issues all at the same time. Mm. The other day, it was interesting. I was sitting with one of the dental students in the school at UConn and she came to my office to ask for advice pertaining to her career plans, right? And and she said, and it's, you know, it was like really impressive to me. It was the first time I heard this. He said, you know, I could go and do residency, but what I want to do, I really want to change the way we practice dentistry and focus more on environmentally friendly and sustainable dental practices Mm -hmm. in terms of regulating the disposables and trying to avoid so much plastic. And I was like, so refreshing. This is so refreshing to hear from. And to your point, Sarah, before, I really find that the students and the newly graduated dentists are really informed about the issues, which is really impressive. They know more about dentistry and more about the issues than people in my generation. And, you know, I mean, I'm in my 50s, so it's (laughs) I've been around for a long time. (laughs) Well, I don't know about more, but we can certainly compliment them on being very active and up on their issues. Yes. I mean, it it is kind of something that's been out floating out there uh, that and not to throw my own generation under the bus, but the millennials were kind of less involved. And this generation is just on top of it. Like we have our first member of Congress from, what is it, Generation Z. So I feel like they're they're much more engaged. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that came up actually was student loan reform. That was a topic of discussion while I was there. And it was something that I was pretty interested in because, I mean, I'm not directly affected by this actual piece of legislation because I'm not in residency, so the Ready Act. But diving into student loan and student debt, can we all have a recap of where we are, what's coming next, just a little bit more about that legislation that was discussed? Well, the Ready Act is out and um, there will be a Senate bill, companion bill for it. I can say that with absolute certainty. So that's important when it comes to legislation in general for us. Mm -hmm. Incremental steps are a big deal. And in lobby day, one of the the breakout session was about how a bill really becomes a law. And what I wanted them to focus on in that session was actually Mm -hmm. the understanding that nothing happens quickly in D.C. until it does. So this idea that like for a couple of years, we just had a House bill. And then we were able to find a sponsor in the Senate to get it introduced in the Senate last time around. And just continuing to 
to focus on this and advocate on it is incredibly important. You mentioned the Ready Act. The Ready Act is about deferring interest during a dentist residency. Awesome. Well, student debt is such a tremendous issue. I mean, it is a, a huge issue that we have nationally. And we always have to look at, you know, when we're looking at pieces of legislation, like what is viable? What is the political environment? So I'm giving you a for instance. In a Republican-led Congress, student debt is just not a huge issue for Republicans. However, there's bites that you can take at the apple that are much bigger and more meaningful that people can really get behind. So something like the Ready Act is something that people can understand. It is not a holistic solution to student debt as a whole. But when we're looking at, you know, can we do something? Something like the Ready Act is that something that is feasible. We've got support on both sides. Republicans and Democrats can understand this issue. And that is why it is a a piece of legislation that we're supporting. And we need to do something. Just working on, as Sarah said, with the Congresses, what bites can you take at the apple to lessen the burden on student debts? I mean, every time Lobby Day comes around and we talk to the students, the number floors me. I remember meeting one student that had almost $500,000 in debt. And all I could think of was, who's going to give you a loan to buy a practice if you're already $500,000 in debt? I think another important message is to do the alternative negative of this story. People like me that, and there are many, that come from outside the United States, like from Europe with zero debt, right? The freedom that this gives you to make the career choice that you want. I see many times and I talk to dental students that really want to go to academia and the limiting factor is the huge debt that they have and the low salaries compared to the private practice income. So this is another limiting factor. I see a lot of students that reconsider academics just because of the, as you said, the 500,000 loans that they carry already at graduation, right? So as we see now, our dental school's faculty shift to be more foreign graduates. So it's it's a very complicated and multidimensional issue. Yes. And that's kind of the other thing about student loans that we all like to focus on and keep an eye on is that you can tie it into so many other issues. So which why it's important to everyone in the profession. It's not just important to the students. You know, we really encourage and want everyone to tell their individual stories. So we actually want a student or a new dentist to go right into a member of Congress and say, this is my experience. I came out of this dental school with this amount of debt, and these are some of the you know issues it has caused me. We go through a lot of training during lobby day on how to really tell your story because these members of Congress, when they are in session, their day is about every 15 minutes, a new group, a new meeting. Everybody has a trade association. Everybody has a lobby. And so how are you differentiating yourself from all of these other people and all of these other issues that people have? And this student debt issue and really telling your story, at the end of the day, this member of Congress is going to say, well, I remember Dr. Wright came in to my office. She was really impressive, really articulate. She was a dentist. I love dentists. I love strong oral health. And she told me this story. I had no idea that dentists incurred this amount of, of debt during their dental school. And that's just incredible. And that's like something that they would really remember and take with them. What are the takeaways of the lobby day that happened? So I think my big takeaways are you're the best advocates for your profession and your patients and your practices. So come to D.C., go to your members in their home offices, 
it's really important that you meet with them. They want to hear from you. We want you to talk to them. I think you said it perfectly, Peter. Another one of the takeaways is that you don't have to come to Lobby Day to be an advocate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'd love for you to come to Lobby Day, but you don't have to do that. that. And we, yes, and we have so many resources Mm -hmm. available to our dentists and dental students to kind of keep you in the fold and make sure that you know what's going on. Yes. So can you guys tell us a little bit of advocacies, big wins, current legislation, just what are some highlights, things that you could share with our listeners that they may not have as much insight into this whole advocacy piece? I think the biggest win last year, MLR, right? Enough in Massachusetts, medical loss ratio. Yeah. We did a podcast on Tooth Talk with, about what exactly that is with people who are a lot more savvy about the, the nitty gritty of, of what that means. If it was with Dr. Vitali and Paul O'Connor, yes. who's on our uh, state government affairs staff. So like that's kind of the, to get, get the nitty gritty, you want to go over there and listen to that that episode. But the fact that that was a ballot initiative and dentists from all over the country helped out in Massachusetts and really worked the phones, worked the polls. There's great pictures on the social media channels of our member dentists out there waving signs, which is amazing in Massachusetts. It's a big thing in Massachusetts. Oh, it's like amazing. Before that, we had McCarran-Ferguson repeal, which was huge. That was in 2020. I will also say, though, I mean, victories don't always come in these major fights, right? We sometimes will see some kind of bill or piece of legislation that just one word or one sentence sort of gives us some unintended consequences. And many times we're able to go to that member of Congress or their staff and say, you know, if you, I know that you did not intend to loop us into whatever this bill is. This is how it affects our dentists and our, the the patients that the dentists serve. Many times we're able to have something change that's very small that would require a big impact. And we don't always have to do that with a some kind of huge nationwide campaign. Maybe we just get the dentists in that state or in that congressional district involved to make those asks. So these wins can come at all different levels in many different forms. Yeah, this is very right. You're very right. And do you do you think that Massachusetts opens the door to other states? This was a great win there, but what's the implication nationwide? It does. It provides precedence. And these things can happen in other states if you always have this Massachusetts sort of guidebook mm-hmm. and, you know, guiding light to go by. And what did we do there that, you know, really led to that tremendous victory? We don't want everything to be a ballot initiative. That is... Yeah. That is That's really, a lot of work and expensive. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. But when, Not everything needs to be a ballot yeah, initiative. Exactly. But certainly as I said, provides precedence in other states. It also helps that the fact that it was a ballot initiative actually helps in other states. And this is kind of the political angle of it rather than the advocacy angle of it. But because it was a ballot initiative and they had the Massachusetts General Assembly had been kind of dragging their toes about really dealing with this and the members up there went to the ballot, like other states look at that and go, you know, maybe we should deal with this before we're told how to deal with it. It's, It's that idea of like, whether or not the, like to be able to write the law or whether you're going to get the ballot initiative law handed to you. <laughs> so some of them kind of go in that middle too. That's good. Yeah. If you guys can tell us if they've never been involved in advocacy, how can we get involved and do our part? We have an elevator pitch for that. Okay, there we go. A couple, a couple yeah. elevator pitches for that one. <laughs> Peter, take it away. All right, well, there's a laundry list, but I'm going to start with the first one. Register to vote and vote. If you don't do that, Nobody cares what you think. 
no, no offense. I hate to be that blunt about. It. I'm going to be a little blunt in this, this particular management. Yeah, um, share, us, who you, share with us. Who you vote for is completely confidential. Whether or not you vote is not. Mm-hmm. And so I can go. You know, when I worked in the the campaign space, and to a lesser extent with our members too, when we got the voter data, I could go in and see how many times you voted, like what elections you voted in, not to who you voted for. Again, I cannot express that enough when I don't know who you would have voted for, but I can tell whether or not you vote. And if I was a member of Congress, if you came in with an issue and I noted that you couldn't even do the basic bar to entry as a citizen, you know, I couldn't tell you whether or not your priority would hit the top of my list, but that's why I'm not in Congress. So that's another thing. So Attending Lobby Day, we've hit a couple of times. Most states do their own Lobby Day as well for their state houses. Go to those. Federal laws will definitely affect dentistry in major ways, but the state laws are really, really important. That's going to scope of practice. All that kind of stuff is going to be decided at a state level. So make sure you, you get involved at your sta- in your state level too. Again, sign up for those action alerts. They're incredibly important. It's it's a great way just to, it's, a, it's the easiest thing you can do it clocks in at about 45 seconds if you don't edit the email. But again, I do encourage you to edit the email. Contacting your state government affairs people and your state society people to get an idea of what's going on in your state, how to get involved in there. And then just bring a friend to everything. That's that's always a great one. Dr. Wright, you're saying you had a great experience in lobby day. You'll grab somebody and drag them next time because then that's how we kind of keep going to all the next steps. But I really can't I'm going to circle right back to the first one. You got to vote. That's actually my goal, too, is just to invite people based off of my experience and just tell them, like, this is just foot in the door to get involved and to get excited about advocating for dentistry and the way that we practice, honestly. Because one of the things that I heard while I was there is, like, everything that's happening now is going to affect us longer than it does more seasoned dentists. And that was a wake-up call for me to say, all right, even if I don't know as much as I wish I knew, by coming, the more that I read, the more that I speak to people, the more that I have these discussions, I'm going to be more well-versed and then I'll feel even more confident in participating. Good. If you want resources to learn about your issues and what's important and what the ADA's working on, just go down to ada.org backslash advocacy that gives you all of the issues and all of the the minutiae, I guess is a good word for it, like the, the really digging deep into every issue. And then once you feel comfortable with that, you come on over to our Legislative Action Center, which is at ada.org backslash action center. You can sign up there, plug in your email, and you'll receive all of our alerts. And we will be having a bunch of them on those lobby day issues coming out pretty soon. So make sure you do that as soon as you can. Now, while you're sitting here listening, if you're not driving. There we go. <laughs> on the next Dental Sound Bites. We had such a great time with this topic in season one that we wanted more. We're talking awkward, strange, sticky situations with patients or peers in the dental office. We're going to dive into the stories and the strategies on how to stay calm in challenging situations, how to set boundaries, and how to ensure safety for all. Dr. Effie, congrats on your first episode. And Peter and Sarah, it was great to have you here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all of the knowledge and wisdom that you've shared with us on Dental Soundbites. And we are so grateful that you were able to join us today. Where can our guests find you? You can listen to Tooth Talk on all of your uh, podcast platforms. So give those a check. Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. Also, our website is www.toothtalkshow.com. You get all our episodes, see our lovely pictures and get to know more about us. <laughs> 
us. That's great. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you all so much for being here. If you like this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend or a colleague. Also, subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you can get the latest episodes. You can also rate and review and follow us on social media. Thank you for joining us. Dental Soundbites is an American Dental Association podcast. You can also find this show, resources, and more on the ADA member app and online at ada.org slash podcast.